everyone, Melissa Murphy from The Fund here. Welcome to our second in a series of pop-up webinars. We're gonna be offering these every Thursday at noon. Uh, and we hope to focus on issues of particular interest to the settlement services industry. And also throw in from time to time issues that are of particular interest to real estate attorneys, our fund members. Uh, in connection with their real estate practices. We're also going to push this content out to our podcast, which is called Title Now. So if you miss any one of the weekly live webinars, you can always get the content by tuning into the podcast. And you can subscribe to the podcast in any of the ways that you subscribe to uh, other podcasts that you follow. So Kind of in keeping with the theme from last week, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about the effect that the pandemic has had. Um, certainly, it has changed the way title agents have done business. You're trying to deal with the stay-at-home orders. You're trying to deal with the new regulations uh, that your city or county might have imposed on you, and also looking at uh, the statewide uh, governor order for stay at home. You're figuring out how to get your employees set up to work remotely. You are adjusting to working remotely also. And then you've got to figure out how to get people to sign documents that you need for a closing, preferably in a way that keeps them and you and your staff as safe as possible. But the settlement services industry is not the only industry that has been impacted by the pandemic. That's a very um, obvious statement that I just made, but we all recognize that. And one of the industries affected by this is um, the real estate industry, the sales industry. Uh, they are one of our most important partners in what we do every day. And so, I thought it would be uh, interesting to talk today about how they have been forced to do business differently. Is it working? What are their biggest challenges? Uh, because it's important for us to understand how our partners are dealing with this and the challenges that they are dealing with. So we are very fortunate to have with us today, Joanna Watkins. She is general counsel for Florida Realtors. And Joanna is stepping in at the very last minute for Margie Grant, who was going to be my guest today. Margie is the CEO of Florida Realtors. But Margie was tapped by Governor DeSantis to serve on his task force for the reopening of Florida. So that shows you the importance that the real estate industry has and is viewed to have on our economy here in Florida. So we will, I guess we'll give Margie a mulligan today, huh, Joanna? <laughs> I guess. So welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for coming. So how's it going? Are you working from home? How's that working out? Yes, uh, we are working from home. Uh, it is, it's been an interesting transition, uh, but about a month ago, uh, even in advance, really kind of seeing or feeling the impacts of COVID on real estate. 
uh, Margie was very forward thinking and recognizing the need for the management team, as we call our Florida Realtors employees, to transition home to be prepared for uh, 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 to support our members uh, as they started to feel the effects of COVID. So about a month ago, we all transitioned home and um, we have seen a very seamless transition. Yeah, um, the fund transitioned about a month ago to working from home and, um, you know, it is working very well. So before we get into what we really want to talk about today, give us a little bit of information about Florida Realtors, because I think a lot of our viewers out there or listeners out there uh, might not be aware of just some of the facts and figures about Florida Realtors, like how many members do you have and where are they concentrated? Yes. So Florida Realtors is the voice of real estate for Florida. We are 195,000 members strong. Um, yes, we are uh, enjoying our largest membership uh, ever as an organization. And our goal, our role, as we say, uh, is to provide the product services and tools for our membership, for realtors who elect to not just hold a real estate license, but to abide by the code of ethics to operate at a higher uh, standard of practice than those who just simply hold a real estate license in this state. So that is our, our focus. We say that uh, the members' uh, success is our business. So is your membership up over last year? You said it's the largest it's ever been? Yes, largest it has ever been. Definitely up uh, year over year for the last several years, which is consistent with the licensing population in the state. Are most of the members down in Southeast Florida or pretty much scattered around? Well, yes, definitely the largest concentration for our members is in uh, the South Florida area. Uh, we have some of the largest boards though in the country right here in Florida. In the country? In the country, yes. Uh, oh. The largest board and actually several in the top 10. So, that can tell us a lot about why Margie was appointed to this task force. It's a <laughs> Absolutely. Part, part Absolutely. Economy. So, Joanna, talk to us about how your members are dealing with this pandemic. And I also want to talk about how your how Florida Realtors, how the organization is supporting your members. But let's talk first about how your members are dealing with the pandemic. Right. Well. From the beginning, I mentioned we transitioned home because what we really wanted to um, ensure was that we were open for business, uh, not just as an association, but also for our members. Uh, our members have been deemed an essential service. Real estate, uh, as a result of uh, some, some very um, um, important lobbying efforts on the national level and the state level have been included um, on the Homeland Security guidance as mm -hmm. an essential service, as well as a part of Governor DeSantis's order. So essential uh, services is, is important to our economy. Housing doesn't stop. The need for housing doesn't stop just because there's a global pandemic. So what we see from our membership is a desire to continue to be a valuable resource for buyers and sellers and landlords and tenants, but to do so in a way that is safe. And so that's the challenge, right? 
open for business doesn't always necessarily mean business as usual. So from our members' perspective, the goal is to pivot and to, to continue to be open for business, but in a way that respects social distancing, um, to leverage technology, maybe um, instead of in-person showings, to uh, move to electronic showings, um, to take advantage of some of the tools that we're providing to them electronically to be able to continue to provide services to their buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. So Florida Realtors um, is providing that technology to its members? Um, some of the technology already existed. Uh, so what we have tried to do is, and if any of you have heard Margie um, provide any type of uh, update to the member, she, she always says, we love to be the source of the source of great information for our members. Some of the product services and tools we provide and some of them are already existing industry tools that we are bringing to our members in order to help them be able to continue to provide those services. So um, there are already existing uh, technology platforms out there to help them do electronic showings, for instance. So we viewed our role as helping to bring um, uh, that information to our members so that they can take advantage of those tools. There are other product services and tools though that we help to uh, bring to them to augment that. So if they're gonna use electronic um, methods to show property, then, then we will bring them a form to help them um, identify risk associated with uh, in-person access wow. instead of electronic access. So that's what it's, it's kind of, um, uh, it depends on that particular buyer, seller, landlord, tenant's needs, but uh, we work together with the technology. So how is that technology working out in the field? Um, are consumers embracing it uh, or not? Is it slow um, on the uptake in terms of being comfortable with the technology? How's it going? Yeah, they are embracing the technology. Um, Real estate's already been, you know, fairly uh, technologically savvy as an industry. So this has not been uh, an unfamiliar concept for many of our members. Uh, again, because much of this technology already existed. Uh, it just became a matter of them taking advantage of the existing technology. So, yes, I would say they're embracing it very well. So are buyers buying houses? Uh, just based on a virtual tour and not physically visiting the house? Is that working for them? Um, in some instances, right? So, you know, we run a, the legal hotline. And so a lot of times we are uh, in tune with what's happening uh, in the field, so to speak, because we will get calls from members. And we have had calls from members uh, where the, the buyers are willing to see the property either virtually or in some instances to buy the property based on available photographs and things of that nature. Uh, so in a call like that, we'd have a discussion with the member about the risks associated with a buyer purchasing a property site unseen or with just using technology to, um, to enter into a contract um, uh, to purchase a property. So Based on the calls that we've received, there are some instances where buyers are willing to certainly move forward with the transaction based on either technology or photographs. Huh. Can, what are some of the legal issues that you all have identified associated with or emanating from a buyer 
going ahead and, and putting, I guess they don't put ink to paper anymore, <laughs> but putting their uh, legal electronic signature <laughs> to paper to sign a contract. What, what are yeah. some of the legal issues that you all have sort of batted about? I'm not looking for answers here at all, but just right. what are the issues? Buyer beware, right? I mean, photographs um, are generally going to be designed to paint the picture in the light most favorable, right? And so you you just do not get the feel of the neighborhood, the property, the actual, you know, condition, sometimes based just on photographs. And so, uh, but if they are a savvy investor, right, if that's their business, uh, as opposed to a single family or, or a, an individual family purchasing their first home, that may not be as big a concern. So every situation is a little bit different and that investor may not need to feel uh, the sense of the neighborhood or community or the lighting in the master bedroom. They just want the location and the, the physical property itself. So uh, it depends on the unique circumstances, but um, for our members, the point is to just make sure the buyer is aware of the potential risks and document the file accordingly. Well, it occurs to me that it will be very interesting to see how that line of cases that started with Johnson v. Davis, which is the whole you know, seller's obligation, what is the seller's obligation to disclose, how courts will view um, this kind of experience by a buyer as somehow changing the seller's obligation to disclose, that will be very interesting to see how the case law on that evolves after this kind of shakes out. Huh, very interesting idea. Indeed. So that's from the buyer's standpoint, but from the seller's standpoint, what are your members doing um, to support their listing clients? the ones who own the home and um, have concerns about people coming in to see them. How are, how are your members dealing with their listings, promoting the listings and showing homes, et cetera? So very early on, uh, we cautioned the members about open houses, right? Um, it is just um, inherently uh, uh, risky to conduct any type of an open house. And um, so we have been as an organization in communication with the Florida Surgeon General about uh, his concerns associated with open houses. Very early on, we communicated that to our members. Um, and so open houses, we have uh, been clear that th that is probably not consistent with the CDC guidelines. Um, showings though, individual showings and other types of access to properties uh, is, is, a, is a different situation and has to be assessed on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, there are a variety of factors. If it, is it seller-occupied? Is it not seller-occupied? Um, we have made sure that we have emphasized for members, if you are going to be providing in-person access, um, you must respect social distancing. Um, 
we've encouraged the use of that technology that we've talked about. In an instance, however, where it is not possible, um, or in an instance where a seller has directed a listing broker that they want in-person showings, then we have made available to our, our listing brokers and cooperating brokers, quite frankly, an in-person acknowledgement form, an in-person access acknowledgement form uh, that should be signed by those sellers, those, those uh, sellers or landlords, quite frankly, if they're leasing their property, where mm -hmm. they acknowledge that there are inherent risks associated with providing that access and they assume those risks. Hmm. So, so that's a form that you provide to your members? Yes. I've also heard about a COVID-19 addendum form mm -hmm. um, that you have provided for use in connection with a, a contract. Um, is that being used? Yes. Uh, so from a legal perspective, we've provided a few tools um, based on the uh, demand from members. And the in-person access acknowledgement form is one. Uh, the other form that we've provided is the COVID-19 coronavirus extension addendum to contract form. This extension addendum can be used with any of the Florida Realtors family of selling purchase contracts, vacant land, commercial, uh, the Florida Realtor, Florida Bar contract, the uh, CRISP contract. And what it is, uh, is a form that allows the parties to um, extend certain uh, contractual obligations that have not yet already passed in the contract if what we call a COVID complication or restriction arises during the term of the contract. So uh, it, we kind of define that term to mean things like um, government uh, quarantines or restrictions on travel or actions or inactions of an association. If one of those uh, restrictions occurs, and one of the parties is unable to perform, then the parties can extend one or more uh, obligations under the contract. Another uh, aspect of the extension addendum is um, a, a second part of it that deals with calls that we started receiving very, very early on in this COVID crisis, which is complications with closings because the lenders um, refused to fund previously approved loans. So uh, buyers uh, were either experiencing expiration of loan approvals or lenders based on their own business decisions through no fault of the buyers decided to stop funding certain types of loan products. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about this and the consensus was that the buyers, if they had not in any way contributed to that expiration or the lack of funding should not lose their deposit. So there's a second part there that allows the buyer to receive a refund of their deposit under those circumstances. Both of those forms are being used fairly um, uh, well. Um, the extension addendum, though it has only been available for about uh, three weeks, uh, I got the statistics numbers, the usage numbers uh, right before this meeting. And uh, we have uh, seen that form used 7,619 times. 
<laughs> and exactly. <laughs> and the in-person acknowledgement form, which I believe became available about 12 days ago, has been used 1,470 times. Wow. So very well received. Very well uh, and received. Yes. And again, created as a result of the, the outcry, not outcry, but certainly demand from the members. Yeah. So another aspect of this pandemic um, beyond the contract part is the closing part. Um, and so in my world, uh, it seems like uh, seven out of my eight hours is taken up talking about remote online notarization with somebody, uh, whether it's a member um, or it's a coworker or it's um, someone affiliated with our company, Old Republic, uh, in another state, but Ron is certainly top of mind for everyone. So um, are you hearing much about Ron from your members, uh, whether or not it's helpful, not helpful, or are they familiar with it? Uh, what's the level of reception to Ron? We heard a lot about it early on. Um, and by that, I mean, we received a lot of uh, questions on the hotline about Ron. And um, so we, we actually, um, again, being the source of the source, wanted to make sure that we provided them uh, information uh, to the extent that we could. They, they wanted, they being the members, they wanted to identify options, right? To preserve the transaction. And so, and that was at all stages, whether it was the showing and again, that technology we talked about or on the end, the option to close in the event that they could not do so in a traditional way because the buyer was quarantined um, in some other location, right? So uh, we, as an association, wanted to make sure that we, we made the membership aware that that was an option. And so our message became, uh, you know, talk to the closing agent, make sure that, that, that you discuss that as an option. Uh, we made sure that they understood that not all closing agents would provide that. Um, that it, just because it was legal doesn't mean that all closing agents were prepared for that uh, particular process, but we wanted them to know that it was an option in the event that the closing agent could provide that service. So uh, that's the message that we provided to them with respect to Ron. Well, we continue to monitor this situation and, and we have approached it in much the same way uh, by, uh, by presenting uh, Ron as a tool, as just one of the options um, but that was our message early on, and uh, those of us that deal with Ron a lot, including the platforms that are in the business of providing the technology, none of us, of course, uh, predicted this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, the pandemic has certainly caused a total refocus on Ron as an option and as a tool. And um, it, it has not proven to be the panacea and the, the, the tool that, um, you know, that multifaceted tool that sometimes you see on the home shopping network that can do everything you possibly need it to do. Ron is definitely not there. 
Um, but I was really interested in, in hearing how Florida Realtors um, are receiving it because um, I actually talked with a real estate agent about three weeks ago. Uh, do not know if they were a member of Florida Realtors, but they were a real estate agent over on the East Coast. And they had a seller who was in a nursing home uh, because she was recuperating after surgery. So kind of like in rehab. And they had cut off the nursing home from any visitors. And she was sort of stuck as to how she would get those documents signed. And uh, I, I'm not really sure how she got my name, but she reached out to me. And so I was able to put her in touch with one of my fund members over on the East Coast that is set up to handle remote online notarization. And um, as far as I know, that was a solution for that particular seller, uh, but it doesn't always work. And so, you know, we're just anxious to keep working with Florida Realtors to get the word out, you know, as to when it works and when it doesn't work, so. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and anything we can do to, to help in that regard, absolutely, um, you know, Preserving the transaction is a beautiful thing. Um, it it yes. helps the buyer buy. It helps the seller sell. Um, and, and so that's always a wonderful thing. Right. And certainly my end of the industry is all about preserving that transaction. Mm -hmm. So in our last remaining minute or two, Joanna, would you mind sharing um, with our viewers and listeners what your background is before you came to uh, Florida Realtors, because that's actually how Joanna and I met, golly, 10 years ago, was when you were, uh, we were at meetings twice a year, and you were wearing a very different hat, so talk <laughs> about why you're so knowledgeable about this industry. Oh, wow, Melissa, what a crazy resume I have, it's almost embarrassing, I um. <laughs> I, I started in real estate 19 years ago as a senior attorney with the Real Estate Commission and uh, stayed there for four years, chief attorney, acting director, all this kind of craziness over with the FRAC, with DBPR, and uh, came to work at Florida Realtors from 2005 to 2008 as a hotline attorney. Loved it but felt like I had work left and done at DVPR. So went back to DVPR in 2008 and uh, as deputy director of that agency, uh, stayed there for many, many more years, became director in 2011 and um, got to serve as executive director of the Real Estate Commission and the appraisal board, loved it. And in 2017, walked away, uh, just walked away. And Margie called me one day and said, what you doing? And I said, <laughs> baking cookies. And she said, I need you to come work at Florida Realtors for six months. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll be there. Just tell me when. And I came back to Florida Realtors for six months. Uh, to cover for Mindy Wilson while she was on maternity leave, and here I am. So, 
You just can't stay away. I, I will never leave real estate. And, and I have to say, I'm not going back to FREC uh, or DBPR. I'm, I'm here on the practice side of the industry to stay for as long as you all will do me the honor of having me over here. So thank well, you for your, your partnership. You all have been fantastic to work with. I am so grateful. Uh, every single time we call on you and Melissa, you are all there for us. So thank you very much for your partnership and welcoming me. It's been fantastic. You bet. And for your listeners and viewers out there, that other Melissa is Melissa Scaletta because Joanna knows Melissa Scaletta very well. So thank you again, Joanna, for stepping up to the plate today. This has been a great conversation. Um, that concludes our webinar for the day. Please uh, stay tuned for next week's webinar, Thursday at noon. Uh, next week, we are uh, planning on having a, an economist talk to us about what's going on in the world of the economy under the pandemic. And if you uh, want to hear this content again, subscribe to our podcast so that you can uh, get the content on demand anytime, anywhere. It's called Title Now. And with that, uh, we will be signing off. Thank you for your support of the fund.